You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Special episode of First in Foxborough. Make sure you download, subscribe, and stream it on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. I have chatted with this man many a time in his illustrious career as an NFL writer, draft guru. I swear, I don't even know how much time you spend watching these damn prospects, dude. But Jacob Infante, Windy City Gridiron, hometown guy i'm so happy to have you on man how you doing doing great i mean this is my favorite time of year uh just draft season everything kicking up uh, all this speculation and stuff so uh i'm enjoying it i'm just ready to let it take me for the ride and see wherever it drops me off so but yeah it's been a busy few months leading up to this watching all these prospects breaking all these guys down but you know, this is this is what it's really all about. So I'm uh, I'm just stoked to see what happens. Yeah, man. Wise perspective there from somebody who's like 16 years old. Um, <laughs> uh, you're actually like 22, though, right? You just graduated college, ain't it? Uh, no. So, yeah, I, I'm 22. I graduate in. Oh, so you still haven't graduated. Two yeah, months. Two, two months. months. Yeah. There so you go. Almost God. there. Almost there. I feel like I've been. You know, doing this for ages, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm excited to finally get out there, but yeah. And, oh, yeah. uh, it's been really interesting just being able to like balance schoolwork and, you know, classes and then writing and watching all these prospects. Like it's a ton of work, but it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's really fun. It's fun. And I wouldn't change it for anything. Legit. I think I met you when you were 17, which Probably. is, yeah, which is like kind of crazy. And, but yeah, by the way, I've got 10 years on you. How the fuck did that happen bro i <laughs> i don't know like i i don't know it, it's just wild to me like i i tend to throw off a lot of people looking because i don't talk a lot about like my age or whatever yeah and people just kind of find out and like yeah like i started you know getting to know people when i was like like 17 like 18 stuff like that yeah so it's it's wild though, honestly. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm just grateful that I get the space to interact with all you guys, if truth be told. Yeah, a million percent. And I know one of my favorite things, one of my favorite times of the year is we'll be like in the middle of the season and Jacob will be like, is it way too early to do a mock draft for next year? <laughs> and be like, nope. And he, and he throws it down anyway. I mean, this, this, is, this is what you do. 
And like you said, it's your favorite time of the year. So how about we get into some draft combine talk? Let's start off with the bombshell that hit yesterday with Jalen Carter having a warrant out for his arrest. He left the combine, went to Georgia, was arrested, posted bond, came back to Indianapolis to answer questions about it and try to save some face, show a little bit of accountability. My goodness, man, what what is this about to do? If anything, what do you think it's going to do to the top 10 of this draft? I think that this really changes a lot from a trade perspective because you're looking at with this draft, it's all, it almost seems like a foregone conclusion. The Bears are going to trade out of the number one pick. It's just a matter of where they're going to end up. A popular landing spot for them has been the Colts at four because not only do you get to move back, and pick up a lot of draft picks, but you also get to uh, assumedly pick up one of Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Now that Jalen Carter's got his arrest going on, you don't know if you're going to be willing to take a shot on him in the top five, which, I mean, I I think he still goes top 10, honestly. I think with a player with his pedigree, a player of who's as good as he is, especially if they just leave it as a misdemeanor like it is right now, then I think they could, you know, some teams are like, all right, we're going to be willing to let it slide. This is Jalen freaking Carter we're talking about. But I don't know if a team who's in a rebuilding situation uh, is going to be super excited to invest that much draft capital in Jalen Carter. Like if he somehow falls to 10 where the Eagles are at, I don't think, you know, like that just makes way too much sense. I mean, you got – Javon Hargrave probably leaving in free agency. Uh, Fletcher Cox is a free agent. He's getting older. You've got Jordan Davis. But if you can reunite Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter on the same defensive line on a team that made it to the Super Bowl, like I don't think there's a shot Jalen Carter falls out of the top 10. But it's just a matter of where is that going to go. I think we'll have an answer to that within the next like month or so once we find out exactly what happens with this you know, legal process, which all this crap is like way above me. But yeah. – uh, it's just a matter of like a wait and see kind of mode. You got to see like, is this truly concerning? Is this reflective of who he is on the field, off the field, whatever, but it's going to be interesting for sure. I, you know, that stuff's definitely going to change. It's just a matter of how much. Yeah. And, and my thought immediately is, okay. It's not just like, okay, if it, if it stays misdemeanors, maybe it's not that big a deal. I think some teams are going to be wondering, okay, can like you said, can we trust this kid? Like, I yeah. mean, he left the scene and you know, shifting accounts to the police. What is he telling you in the meetings? Like, can you trust it? I think it's gonna be really interesting, as you said. Now, if we're going to, you know, kind of pan out and take the 10,000 foot view, my one of my first thoughts after processing the legal part of it was going to be, okay, what does this do to certain positions? Now, are guys like Tyree Wilson going to get pushed up even further than we thought they were going to be? What about like Luke Van Ness? Does he suddenly become a top 10 pick? And then what about if you see a run on those positions? What about other positions you might see a run on like offensive tackle? So from your perspective, what what positions do you think are going to fly off the board fastest, especially if you take this into account where you might have Carter not being the fourth pick now. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to include quarterbacks in that because I feel like that's right. Exactly. Which non QB position. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think I think you touched on it. I think edge rusher is going to, you know, really fly off the board pretty early and you know, that says a lot when you consider how deep of an edge rusher class this is, but I think you're looking at okay, it's a dude who can rush the passer. You have the opportunity to upgrade one of the most important positions in football and you have some pretty talented players high up on that board. Uh I think you said it very well. Tyree Wilson's going to shoot up the board. I, you know, believe that. I think he's more likely to go top five than he is outside yeah. of the top 10 at this point. Yeah. Uh, but you've got him. You're picking up miles Murphy. I think I'm really interested in seeing what happens with him with this combine. Uh, I think obviously the size and the athleticism stands out with him, but sometimes all teams need is, or not teams rather, but just the media in general and like, the draft circles, they need just one dominant combine performance to, to get a reminder of, okay, this guy's got some really good tools. So I think Miles Murphy's going to end up top 10 when it's all said and done. And then you're looking at a Lucas Van Ness, uh, Keon White out of Georgia Tech's a dude I think could yeah. definitely rise up boards. Uh, and then you got a handful of dudes, BJ Ojolari, uh, Felix Ndike Uzoma. Uh, I think Zach Harrison out of Ohio State's going to run a like an insane 40. And, I and, think he, that's- and he's also like a terror bird, we found out. Yeah. No, he's just – it's insane. Like, I think him and Tyree Wilson, it's just absurd how lengthy these guys are and how athletic they are. I mean, someone's going to take a shot on those tools. Like, both guys, you know, got room to grow, obviously. But holy crap, you know? Like, it's just – it's like watching a – I don't know. I'm trying to think of some sort of comparison. I literally can't. I looked this up today. He has – Zach Harrison does the wingspan of a golden eagle or a secretary bird. Like wow. six inches. It's, it's, it's like a small plane. What is this? <laughs> That's absurd. you got like, I, I was going to say slender man or whatever, like some sort of like, you know, long ass arm dude, but like, yeah, like, like Mr. Fantastic or whatever from like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Gumby sort of thing. But like Zach Harrison's built, man. Like it's absurd. Just, I think it's just no fair, like how guys with that much, you know, arm length, guys that big are able to, you know, move as well as they can. It's just, it, it's no fair to me. Like if I could get like at least, you know, two inches of height or arm length or something, like I'd be the happiest man on the planet, truthfully. Yeah. And you know what, with, with Tyree Wilson, I was watching him a little bit yesterday and you can tell at some points it's like, yeah, he's a really tall, long dude. And sometimes yeah. when the ball goes to the sideline, he's just like, oh, God, I got to run all the way over here. And, and, and you can kind of see it just like it takes a while to unfurl. But the acceleration, I will be oh. – I'm so curious to see if he, if he runs at his pro day, what's his 10-yard split going to be? Because he just teleports. Like he takes yeah. like one or two steps, and then he's by a guy, and he's harassing your quarterback – or tackling your running back in the backfield, and you're like, how did he get there? It's not just that he's long or whatever. It's just that he's fast. He is, he is legitimately fast. 100%. I mean, he's just so explosive off the ball. Uh, I know he plays a lot as like a stand-up edge. I think he could really thrive with his hand in the dirt as well. Me too. I think he's better with his hand on the ground. Yeah, 100%. And he's, you know, got the arm length needed to, you know, hold guys outside of his frame. Uh, just the sheer size that makes him difficult to deal with. And then you consider the fact that, okay, he's one of the fastest edge rushers in this class. He times his get off. Well, he's, you know, he's athletic. He can move around in space and he's been developing how well he uses his hands. 
and like how many different ways he can beat you as a pass rusher. I mean, the sky's the limit for this dude. And I think a big thing, he's got to work on just the ability to get his pads right. I think because, you know, he's so tall, it can be tough for him to generate some of that bend in his knees, get his weight underneath him and his pads low. But I think once he does that, I mean, it's there's just so much potential with this kid. And I, I, I'm really excited to see, you know, if he tests at his pro day, uh, what that's going to end up being like, because I think he's got the chance to put up some big numbers. Oh, yeah. And the Patriots, for, for those of you Patriots fans who, who want to hear this, yes, Tyree Wilson did meet with the New England Patriots. Obviously, players meet with just about everybody. Um, but Patriots are not going to get a shot, most likely, to draft Tyree Wilson. He's going to go in the top 10. There is somebody I'm interested in, though, that sounds like a rising prospect, and that's Will McDonald mm. out of Iowa State. Now, this is a guy that really stood out at the Senior Bowl from everything that we could hear. What can you tell us about McDonald, where you think he ends up, and where he fits in this grand scheme of the edge rushers that you're talking about this really deep class yeah so i've i've truthfully i've had trouble uh determining exactly where will mcdonald's gonna go because like you said it's such a talented edge rusher class and there's so many different dudes who can move you know like crazy who are extremely powerful and i'm trying to find the best angle to do this because there's the sun in my face yeah i know i just noticed it yeah and i am just yeah, there you go. You got to lean up against. Got to lean up against the wall. <laughs> there, there, there you go. There you go. go. I'm gonna be leaning yeah. back, but <laughs> back. don't hurt your back, though. Hey, you're fine. You're 22. I'll be all right. I mean, I've got I've got the back of like a 60 year old man, so uh, this might not be the best for me, but I'm I'll make do. It's for the content. Throw, throw, a, throw a heat pad on it. Honestly, though, yeah, I got a I got a long drive ahead of me. I'm going home for the weekend, so. Uh, I'm going to have that going on while I've got the, uh, yeah, while I've got the you know, workouts and stuff going on in the background. So anyway, uh, Will McDonald. So this is a dude, I think, again, one of the most athletic edge rushers in this class. I think maybe the best bend in this class. Mm-hmm. I think just his ability to get low to, you know, take those precise angles to the quarterback on those outside speed rushes. That flexibility is just absurd. He's got long arms and everything too. So he's got, a lot of really intriguing tools. And I mean, obviously his production has been good at the collegiate level too. So uh, I don't think he's going to be like a stud run defender right out of the gate. He's a little bit uh, from just like a pure anchor strength perspective. He could stand to add a little bit more weight to his frame. Yeah. Uh, but with that in mind, I think he's got all the pass rushing upside in the world. So I don't know if he's a guy you look at in the top 15. I mean, I wouldn't hate it if he did because, you know, the Pats being at 14, you got a handful of quality guys to consider there. But uh, I think uh, Will McDonald's got a good chance to go probably late first round is about where I'd consider him, you know, early second. Uh, But depending on what happens, what he tests at, I could definitely see him being a round one guy for sure. Excellent. We have talked a lot about non-quarterbacks, but since we – touched on it a little bit before I'm curious as to your thoughts about this quarterback class in particular is Bryce young a lock to go number one or are we going to see some movement after this combine once people start seeing Anthony Richardson do his thing or seeing CJ Stroud throw the ball 
Do you think there's any chance that Bryce Young gets knocked off this perch? I think there's definitely a possibility. I mean, I'd still bet on Bryce Young being the first overall pick, especially once you consider, uh, you know, how many different teams are going to want to trade up there. And I think that Bryce Young is generally as close to a consensus QB1 as you can get in this class. I mean, it's not like a Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow sort of thing where it's like, all right, this dude's got the top grade in the class. It's not even close. Uh, But I think Young's probably the best bet to be the first overall pick. Uh, I'm really interested. Like you you mentioned Anthony Richardson. I'm interested in seeing where he ends up because I think he's got the highest ceiling of anyone in this class at the quarterback position. Uh, Maybe just in general, just looking at a dude who's that big, who's that athletic, who's got a cannon of an arm and shown some like really intriguing flashes of not just deep ball accuracy, but the ability to move around in the pocket. I mean, you're looking at all the physical tools, like he's the prototype of a quarterback in my opinion. And when you think of draft prospect, like developmental superstar potential, that's Anthony Richardson. Uh, I'm a little bit lower on Will Levis than the average person. I think he's going to go top 10. Uh, he's got a really good arm, you know, you know, underrated athlete, just, you know, very good, like a good build too. But I think that the, the flashes from, you know, a processing perspective aren't as encouraging as they are with Anthony Richardson. Uh, and he's also two years older than Richardson is. So Levis is my uh, quarterback four. I don't think that's going to change. And then I've got, I actually have CJ Stroud as my quarterback one. I'm going with, Ooh. yeah. So I, uh, I had Bryce Young as my top guy for such a long time, but I don't know. I mean, I think Bryce Young could, I could definitely see him being better than Stroud. I think he's got a higher ceiling than Stroud, but I'm kind of leaning with going towards the guy I think is a little bit safer because Bryce Young, yeah, looking at the size, uh, I think size generally is an overrated trait for a quarterback. But when Bryce Young's, you know, that skinny and, you know, we don't know exactly how tall he's going to end up at, uh, you've got to have some sort of concerns from a durability perspective. Uh, Not so much what you can see over the the offensive lineman, because that's going to be about the same as what you get for a 6'1", 6'2", quarterback. But I believe the just the, the skinniness of it all. Like Kyler, he was short, but he was built. Russell Wilson, he was short, but he was built. Bryce Young doesn't have that. Yeah. So that's a concern. But, I mean, the tape's just very, very good with him. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's you know, develops into a top 10 quarterback or something in the league. The potential's very high. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Stroud as my QB1, but – to circle this all back, I think Bryce Young is going to be the first player off the board in this class. Yeah, and it's interesting because when you – I feel like when you look at yeah, the overall consistency of it, Bryce Young was doing at least like five things every week where you're like, oh, God, yeah, this guy's the best quarterback in the class. Yeah. In terms of him just being the best, you know, the, the best thrower, the best pocket presence, the best playmaker, all of that. But C.J. Stroud goes out and does what he does to Georgia – and he's doing it at 6'2", you know, what, what what have you, and more of a what you think of as an NFL quarterback size. And yeah. and it's it's not just about who's the better player. It's also about projection because I, I feel like the the argument is much more in favor of Bryce Young as, as the better player, but you worry about what he's going to feel like when he gets jumped on by 300-pound dudes every single week 
with, that are faster and stronger than what you face in college. So I, it, it's going to be fascinating to see what ends up happening here. Is, is he able to make, because he's not going to throw at this pro day, is he going to be, or at, at the combine, is he going to be able to make people fall in love between now and his pro day with the interviews that he has? Is he going to be able to allay some of those concerns by being close to 200 pounds and not just 200 pounds, even though we know he's not going to play at that weight? Yeah. It's it's going to be so interesting. But I feel like, as you were saying, it feels likely to me that by the end of this, we're going to see four quarterbacks going in the top 10. I, I can see it now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you summed it up well with, I think Bryce Young is the best overall thrower in this class but there's so much you know that goes into projection and I think that Stroud is just a bit safer of a projection I I it's really tough for me because they're both close on my board I've got Richardson a little bit lower because he's not you know he's not uh he's not super polished yet but I think his upside's still tremendous and then Levis at four uh but I don't know, man. Like I'm just, I've been, I've been burnt by high upside guys before I've been burnt by, you know, high floor guys before. So it's really tough to predict, especially at a court, a position like quarterback that's so volatile in situation and like where you end up and what your supporting cast is. But uh, I think it's a good quarterback group. I think there's definitely a fall off after those top four guys, uh, you know, Hendon Hooker would be in the conversation if he didn't tear his ACL, but that with his age is a bit concerning. And then from that point on, it's just, you know, mostly guys I think are going to be backups at the next level. But uh, I think it's a good QB class, and that's going to help out teams who already have their quarterback situation sorted out. Yes, indeed. And teams that, you know, might be wanting to trade down maybe more than once in order to pick up a bunch of picks we will see you see how that goes you know, don't don't want don't want to name the team yeah talk about it. i talk about them too much on here as it is everybody's like yeah. come on man <laughs> report on the patriots with that in mind the patriots have the number 14 overall pick in the draft obviously there is no predicting what is actually going to happen on draft night usually it's like you you have an idea of how the first four or five picks are going to go i don't even know if you could say that this year at yeah. this point but that, that especially makes the mid first round and the late first round a crapshoot. If you can think of your big board right now, yeah, who do you think is going to be in that area at number 14 mid first round, even with a little bit of prediction on, on who you think, you know, the, the position runs are going to be in that, in that there. And also noting the fact that, well, the Patriots could use a tackle. They could use a corner. They could use a wide receiver. They could use a bunch of different stuff in terms yeah. of high-end talent. Yeah, so I'll, I'll let you in on a secret here. So just straight up, my number 14 overall prospect on my board right now, is it is a corner. So I've got Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon right. as my number 14 overall prospect. So just from that perspective alone, I mean, that's, you know, that's where I value him. And that's where, you know, that's where the Patriots are. So there are a handful of guys that I'd really like for them. Uh, Broderick Jones, the tackle out of Georgia. He's been, I think he's a guy who steps in right away. Just the athletic upside he brings, the effort with which he blocks is tremendous. Uh, 
if a Paris Johnson out of Ohio State or a Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern, if they fall, I think the Patriots would definitely be interested in that. Uh, at corner, you know, I mentioned Gonzalez, just super fluid athlete, good ball skills. Uh, Devon with Devin, I think it's Devin Witherspoon, Devon Witherspoon. I don't know. I should know this by now. He's like my top corner on my board, but, uh, that's where I, that's where I mess up is the pronunciation of the names. I watch these guys and most of the time it's, you know, if it's either all 22 with no sound or I watch the broadcast tape where I just mute it and then play some of my own stuff in the background. Yeah. I've heard a lot of, I've heard it. Devin mostly on the broadcast, but I mean, you never know. They could be wrong. We'll, we'll say it that way, but Devin Witherspoon. Oh my God. That would be so (laughs) great. I, I, I love that kid. He, he hits like a, like a fiend. He just runs around trying to destroy everybody. Yeah. That's, you know, perfectly put. He, he aims to kill people out there. And I think that that's just, it's so much fun, especially in a corner. You got a guy who's that willing to engage in contact and lower the shoulder on dudes. And I mean, that, that shows up in, in press coverage that shows up when the ball's in the air and you're competing at the catch point. Like that dude's just got, he's got that, he got that dog in him. He got that dog. In him. <laughs> he got that dog. You take them extra. I want to see those x-rays. Could somebody, oh, yeah. somebody give me a picture of those on his, on his combine <laughs> medical scans. Yeah, that, that's the first thing they're doing once they got him into those, like the MRI machine and everything. They're looking at the x-rays. They're going to see. Got that just, dog. He got that dog in him. But, yeah, I think that'd be just a fantastic addition for New England. Uh, any of the tackles that I mentioned would be great as well. Receiver, there are a handful of dudes I like. I get the feeling that Quentin Johnston from TCU probably isn't going to be a target because, you know, you already got Tyquan Thornton last year. It's a you know, similar, taller guy, speedster, that sort of mold. So really like a Jordan Addison out of USC Mm -hmm. or Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. I think if the Patriots end up with any of the guys that I just mentioned, like any of the receivers, the uh, tackles or corners, and that's not even mentioning mentioning like an edge rusher. Uh, But I think, which is, you know, it's a really good class, but – I think corner tackle receiver, there's going to be really good value at those three positions for the Patriots. I mean, that's probably where I'd end up. And if I get any of those picks, if I'm New England, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, so would I. And and I mean, I feel like, and a lot of this is going to depend on free agency. We're seeing a couple of tackles are probably going to hit the market. Mike McGlinchey, Donovan Smith out of out of Tampa Bay. It sounds like there's a good chance Jawan Taylor of the Jaguars is going to hit the market because they're franchising Evan Ingram over there. So there are going to be options. I feel like the offensive line for the Patriots is not nearly as destitute as some fans felt like. I think their issues were partly because Matt Patricia was running their offense and coaching their offensive line. I feel like once you fix that, things could probably get a little bit better. That said, it gets a bit uncertain with their offensive line after this year because Trent Brown is not his contract is going to be up. I don't know if you resign him. Maybe they do. Um, it really depends. But I feel like they've got so many potential holes coming yeah. up. Where at cornerback, Jonathan Jones is going to be a free agent. You might resign him. You might not. And then if you don't, cornerback is thin. Wide receiver, yeah, wide receiver is is okay-ish for now. You can go ahead and, and sign a veteran or two, trade for a veteran. 
But Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne, their contracts are going to be up after this year. So to me, you got to find something, whether it's the first round or not. You got to find impact players at those positions, guys that are going to be able to grow with you and stay there for a little while. So I think a lot of people are like, no, you can't draft a receiver in the first round if you're the Patriots. I'm like, yeah, you can. And yeah. and to me, I'm also just like, so Jackson Smith and Jigba is not going to run the 40 at the combine. Maybe he does it at pro day. I don't know. His value is just being really good at football. Yeah. I mean, go watch that guy and some of the ridiculous body control things that he does. That, that that's, that's his resume. If he runs a, I don't care if he runs a four five or a four six, that dude can just get it done. But to me, it's like, you just wait until Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers pops off with the four three and see what ends up happening with them. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, Zay Flowers, the dude that I probably should have mentioned up in that list. Uh, so I have Smith and Jigba as my wide receiver one in this class. Yep. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, he's a just a damn good football player. And regardless of what he runs in a 40, whatever, I think that you look at his route running ability, you look at the body control, the fluidity, the intelligence, like he's got it all, really. And I think he's the type of guy, maybe he's never going to be – He's not like a just uh, like a Jamar Chase sort of prospect coming out where, all right, this guy's going to go super early. This guy's going to make an impact right away. I don't think he's as physically dominant as Jamar Chase was, but just still a very, very good football player. And Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers are in the similar mold where they're both very athletic players. They're both intelligent. They're both great route runners, not super physical, not the biggest dudes out there, but I think they, you know, Definitely both go round one. I think both go top 20. Uh, Zay Flowers, I think there's a chance maybe falls a little bit. I, I, he's my wide receiver four right now. Uh, and I've, again, I've run some mock simulations where he falls to round two. That's not to say that I think it's going to happen. Uh, it's just, that's just the nature of the beast. And, you know, if you're like me, then you just spend way too much time on those simulations when they probably, it's not going to happen in real life. Uh, but it, it's really good in terms of those four guys at wide receiver. Uh, I mean, mainly the three Smith and Jigba Addison and flowers for the Patriots. I think that's probably the best value they're going to get. And if they end up with any of those guys, I think that's going to be huge for their offense. Uh, just regardless of what these next few years look like of who they keep around, who develops well, uh, but then again, there's a lot of really good talent at other positions in this class too that fit needs that the Patriots have. So uh, I think they're in a good spot right now. I think they've got some good pieces, uh, but they they pick high enough to the point where I think they're really going to be able to pick up a quality player at 14. Yes, we certainly hope so because, uh, well, first of all, you don't want to have to be picking there again. And secondly, I think it would it would get some of the heat off of the – Patriots kind of drafting. I actually think their last couple of drafts have been solid, but I think that there's this idea that if you keep on missing the playoffs, it's like, well, it's the drafting's fault. And yeah. you know, oh yeah, they're they're not like they're they're doing a terrible job. Bill Belichick should be at the combine checking out all these players, and the fact that he's not means he's not committed. And, and I'm just like, oh god. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's like, have y'all been to the combine? It's a big party. We're just out there staying up late and and drinking and <laughs> and you know bumping elbows and stuff like that. There's no work getting done down there. 
Exactly. Well, I mean, some some people <laughs> some people are, but I feel like if you actually want to be productive, like if you're trying to actually get work done, being at the NFL Combine is not the place to be. And and that's yeah. as somebody who tried. Who, I covered the Combine last year and and was there and like putting stories out and everything. There's way too much going on. Like I'm sorry, oh, yeah. that is that is not the place for you to work. Now, yeah. sorry for that digression. No, you're good. <laughs> I want to talk about as kind of like a, a way to wrap things up. Who do you think your steal of the draft mm-hmm. is going to be? And I'm not just talking about first round. I'm talking about one guy that is getting slept on real hard that you think is going to go somewhere and then it'll be like, dude, how did we let that guy get there? <laughs> uh, let's see. That's tough. I can go in a couple directions. Uh, go for it. Give me Sidney Brown, the safety out of Illinois. Hey, I think that's a bowl. Yeah, I think that's a dude who's going to make an immediate impact at the next level. Uh, just a, you know, he's like a five-year starter, something crazy like that at Illinois. Just a super smart player, very good athlete, uh, intelligent coverage safety who can play single high, two high, underneath in the box, in the slot, whatever. You know, ask it of him and he's going to do it. Uh, I think he's someone kind of this, – this seems a little bit like cheating, but say like Kirby Joseph, his former Illinois teammate who, you know, he did really well with the Lions in his rookie year this past year. I think Sidney Brown's going to have that level of an impact. Where he gets drafted, I don't know. I kind of have him in like that late second, early third round range. Uh, but I think that dude's going to be a very good player at the next level. I think he's going to make an immediate impact. Excuse me. Wow. No, oh, that happened to me too just a second ago. Oh. I just tried to cover it up. I tried to pass it off. I didn't even notice. I, I'm going to be honest. You covered oh, it up dude. really well. Professional. See, yeah. I'm telling you, I do this every day or three days out of the week. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're uh, you know way more way more seasoned than I am. That's for sure uh, in terms of getting the you know high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll add another guy, someone who didn't get invited to the combine that I don't know how he didn't. Uh, Carl Brooks. The defensive lineman on Bowling Green, I think his athleticism, his ability to play inside, outside, his pass rushing value, how he uses his hands, and some of the flashes I've seen from him against the run, uh, I'm just really intrigued what he's going to do at the next level. I think probably a day three guy, not on my board, but I think that's where he's going to end up. But I think he's going to be a very good football player. I have like an early round three on him. I'm just stunned he didn't get invited to the combine. Uh so those are those are two dudes. I'm giving you two. I'm kind of cheating, Love but it. no, 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 absolutely. A little, a little I mean, extra, especially since there are going to be so many guys. I mean, so many guys could fit that description. It's yeah. like it, it almost necessitates having more than one. And yeah. I don't know, Carl Brooks kind of starting to sound like a like a Patriots prospect. Yeah, in, play plays in and out. Good technician. Just sounds like a dude. Who, who could be a good developmental prospect, and, and they could use a little bit of defensive line help as well. So, hey, if if the Patriots end up with Carl Brooks, you, y'all got to come back to this episode and check it out and listen to the lowdown that my man Jacob Infante just gave. Thank you so much for joining me, man. Tell us where we can follow your work. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Infante 24 uh, you can find like my articles over at Windy City Gridiron, the uh, Chicago Bears page for those SB Nation blogs. You can check out my Patreon. Uh, I recently just published my uh, 
like an hour long Q and A that I just submitted. Uh, and I've got my list of all my non power five prospects that I have ranked. And then I'm going to have my entire big board on there, my draft guide, which will come, you know, within the coming month or so. So, uh, I'm a little, I'm still bugging. I'm still getting bugged by this sun that's in my face right now. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I, you know, really enjoyed being on here. This was a blast. So I appreciate you having me. Oh man. Love it. And, you know, love to do it again sometime. Super fun. I've always, um, you know, love checking out your work and I know, I know you put in a lot of time and effort into this. You're really good at it. We Thank were, you. we came in together on the blitz net, Rob yes, Zaglinski back in the day, bringing us together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for, first time actually kind of, you know, meeting up in this setting, I was really thrilled to do it. And, uh, you know, thank you so much again. Yeah, no, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure. Nice to be able to like actually talk with you. Cause like, you know, I've, I've been following your work for a long time and you've been doing great stuff and we really know each other, but it's always fun to be able to have like these little, you know, get together sort of thing, even if it's over, you know, over the laptop or whatever. Yeah, one way or another, man. That's the beauty of technology. Yes, Thanks, sir. everybody, for checking this out. First in Foxborough, make sure you download, subscribe, and stream it on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. See you later.